0: If you are on our social media, then you know that Jerry will not be joining us this season. Jerry will be working more behind the scenes than in front of the camera. She juggled podcasts, in the 9 to 5, accountable relationship sessions, and daily messages. We thought it would be in the company's best interest if she wasn't spread so thin. How could our message be love as a group journey if we aren't taking care of one of our own? So I hope you continue to enjoy the Accountable Love Podcast and keep building accountable And healthy relationships. All right, enjoy. Hello. Welcome to Accountable Love Podcast, where love means being accountable. My name's Aziz, and today we're gonna be discussing how to maintain an accountable relationship. Anyone could be in a relationship. Anyone could maintain the years of a long-term relationship. But maintaining a healthy and accountable relationship takes honoring agreements, takes sitting down and truly understanding that The agreement supersedes the two individuals involved. When you made the agreement, you decided that that was the best way, the best plan of action to maintaining the health and accountability within your relationship. So remember, when it comes to maintaining a relationship, an accountable relationship, it's all about planning and prioritizing. All right, enjoy. Yes. Yes. Let's settle in. So obviously we, um, always discuss being in accountable relationships. We believe love can exist without accountability. And obviously the word accountability starts with the word account. How could you truly be in a relationship without taking account of who you are, who you are in a relationship with the agreements you have within the relationship and what you disagree with when it comes to the relationship or when it comes to life in general. So we're going to discuss those four components of being in an accountable relationship. And the first thing we want to really truly discuss is we want to discuss who are you in the relationship? Now, we have a variety of relationships in our life where spouses, where friends. Where, you know, sisters, brothers, sons, daughters, and mothers, fathers, and, you know, various other relationships. But, you know, we tend to stay away from the family component other than parenting. So really we're going to focus on how to be who you are as a friend, who you are as a spouse, and who you are as a, a parent. Now, take an account of who you are. What are your pet peeves? What do you believe will ultimately annoy you? What allows you to pick the people that you have in your life? Now, obviously, when we're discussing parenting, you can't really decide who your child is, but you can decide the type of parent you want to be to your child. And that takes fully understanding who you are as a person. Now, what are your strengths? Do you, you know, get, do you have strong communication skills? Are you very stre- strong in your faith? Do you have, uh, you know, a nurturing component when it comes to parenting? Are you, you know, are you a person that is open to listening to what your children are, talking about what's their interest, the things that, they hold dear. Are you, what are your weaknesses? Are you short-tempered? Are you, do you close up when, it's, you know, when you're in an adverse situation? Are you, you know, your parenting style, is your, are you a dictator? Do you believe, you know, do you lead with your ego over logic? There's a variety of ways to understand and assess who we are. Now, who are you as a friend or who are you as a spouse? Who are you? Who are you before you even enter a relationship? And that takes truly studying studying who you are and being self-aware. Now, me, myself, I know that I have a hard time being around people who don't honor their word. People who say they're going to do something and don't show up. Now, obviously, realistically, things happen. So I have to always... Understand that I have to be adaptable. Now I know I'm not a big person on flexibility, meaning I'm not going to just move as other people move. I'm going to make assessments based on what I see, so I'm able to adapt. I'm able to adjust, and the importance of making adjustments versus being flexible means you come in with a set set of beliefs. You come in with a great sense of self. You come in understand who you are, but if now who you are is infringing on the group or the environment, you have to fully assess who you have to become in that environment without without compromising who you are. So that's what adapting is. Being flexible is going into every room and changing based on the room. Changing based on your company. Changing based you're forever changing and you, you always you don't have a, you know, a great sense of self. So I know that I have a problem with people not, you know, honoring their work. So obviously I'm not going to join relationships with people who deem it's okay to, you know, make mistakes. They justify a lot of their actions. They really don't come through. They really are, you know, self-driven, self-motivated. They, you know, it's nothing wrong with having ambition, but they're very self-ambitious. So everybody is a means to, and everybody is, you know, somebody that they utilize for the sake of, you know, self-promotion. Obviously I'm, you know, more group oriented. I'm a person who believes that you need support. So when having that support, you got to make sure you surround yourself by people who bring out the best in you and knowing that I am a person that really doesn't like people who don't honor their word. I'm not going to surround myself by people who are very self-driven, very self-absorbed, very self-motivated as opposed to a person who believes in, you know, being interconnected, a person who believes in, you know, supporting one another A person that thinks of other people before acting a person that, you know, joins relationships to actually build the relationship, not to build self and be, Obviously any relationship you join, you should be it should benefit you. But what I'm saying is you they're not motivated by what they can just get. They're motivated by what they also can get. So that's one of my pet peeves. That's one of the things that I know going into relationship, I can't be in a relationship with somebody who is not a very consistent and very an honor their world. Another thing I know when entering a relationship, I know that you know, I'm a person that really likes to communicate and get on the same page. So I know that I can't be around people who are impatient. So you have to have the ability to sit down, discuss, put things in perspective. And before we move, we should be on the same page before we even leave the house, before we you know go anywhere. We should always have a clear understanding of where each other stands. We should have a clear understanding of where we're going, the goal of, you know, whatever goal we're trying to accomplish together. I know that I can't be with somebody who is impatient. Now, a weakness, I can be very disorganized and messy when it comes to things. You know, when it comes to thought process, when it comes to concepts, I'm very organized. But when it comes to things, I can be messy. So that's a weakness. I know that Entering a relationship, if I'm with somebody who is very organized when it comes to things, who, you know, needs things in their place, I either could not enter that relationship or I could, you know, make the adjustment because I acknowledge it's a weakness. Knowing who you are doesn't mean that you don't make adjustments, doesn't mean you don't change your weaknesses. It just means that you have a clear understanding of your strengths, but you are not budging. So when you go into any relationship, like I said before, I don't like people who disappoint. I don't like people who <clears throat> who aren't willing, who are impatient, and aren't willing to actually be on the same page before you know we move as a unit. So that's a strength. That's something that I'm not going to compromise to anybody. Now a weakness is I'm messy. A weakness is you know I uh, sometimes you know I sometimes want to assist the person as opposed to allowing them to assist themselves and giving them the support necessary to assist themselves. Sometimes I want to, you know, I equate caring about somebody with actually solving the problem for them as opposed to working together to solve the problem together. So those are things that I could acknowledge that I can take a step back and I could actually look at the overall relationship and how it's going to benefit the relationship if I let that person lead in that department. I need to let that person lead in the fact that they're more organized. They organize things They I can't look at them and say they're rigid or can't put a negative connotation on the thing that they do best. I have to believe in their strength and I have to follow them where they're strong. So when they set up a system where, OK, you put your shoes here, you. You know, you make sure you hang your coat here, you make sure that you, you know, you wash your dish right after you finish with it. Any system that's put in place, I have to honor it and not look at them as the person who's dictating, as opposed to the person who is actually helping the relationship and promoting the relationship. So I have to acknowledge my strengths and I have to acknowledge my weaknesses. Know who you are. Know what you bring to the table. Know what you do that may actually hinder relationships and Understand that you're going to be making adjustments on a regular basis when it comes to your weaknesses. You're always going to follow where you are weak. So acknowledge that. The next thing, know who a person is. So in the same breath, know a person's weaknesses and know their strengths. Don't go in a relationship saying, "Okay, I'm going to change this person, but go in a relationship acknowledging that you have a clear understanding where you're strong and where they are weak and that you're not going to allow them to dictate where they are weak. So having a clear understanding of their weaknesses starts a dialogue, starts a discussion regarding relationships, regarding the strength of the relationships, regarding how you're going to allow the relationship to flourish. Every relationship, though there's so many peaks and valleys, you need some form of structure or some form of consistency within the relationship. The reason we join relationships is for stability, not for forever change. Even though the world is constantly changing, things are changing around us. We want something that we can call home. We want friends we could acknowledge who they are. We want a spouse who we can acknowledge who, who they are. We want children that we understand who they are when they leave the house. We want to have stability. We want to have consistency. And a part of that consistency is understanding who you're talking to, understanding and acknowledging who a person is. Example, if you are somebody ate the last, you know, bowl of cereal and you have four people in the house and you cancel out two people because, you know, They're not going to eat the last of something without acknowledging or explaining that they ate the last of something. That leaves two people. Now, you go to the first person, understanding who they are. This person will be honest about whether they ate the last of the cereal. So once you ask them, did you eat the last of the cereal? And they say no. Have a clear understanding that don't challenge them. on. The fact that you think that they ate the Syria. they have a consistent track record of one probably being considerate. But at the same time, they have the backup where they are very honest and open, where they actually commit any acts against another person or they actually do something that may be a little insensitive. They understand that where they went wrong or they are honest about what they did. So don't challenge that. Then you have the last person who might not be as forthcoming, but may, you know, cause obviously they're in your circle. So out of the four people or the five people within the relationship, you understand that they, though they might be forthcoming, they are the least forthcoming out of the group. So therefore, when you go to them, don't accuse them, but ask them, did they eat it? They may say no. It may go into a further dialogue. Now, The reason I use the example, I know it's a light example, but it's something that happens common. It's a common example of what happens in relationships. We look at the minor things and we don't address them and then they turn into bigger things. So something as inconsiderate or you deem inconsiderate as eating the last bowl of cereal. When you assess each person, you looked at who each person was. Now, the two people that you didn't ask could have been the ones that eat the last bowl of cereal because though they are consistent, people deviate from their consistency on a regular basis. So you give them the benefit of the doubt. That's why you went to the other two people. When you went to the last person, the dialogue was a little longer because you had a clear understanding of who this person was and you know that they are capable or more capable than everybody else around you to possibly not be honest or forthcoming about eating the last bowl of cereal. Knowing who a person is clears up a lot because if you know who you are, meaning you know that you're going to address the situation head on, no matter how small or how big, in my case, the last bowl of cereal, I'm going to make sure I understand who ate the last bowl of cereal just So I can get a clear understanding of, you know, explaining to them the rule is the rule of thumb is to replace the cereal when you're eating it or the rule of thumb is to acknowledge that you ate the last bowl of cereal. Let everybody know so somebody else can possibly pick up some cereal on the way home, things of that nature. This communication, right? But knowing who the person is allows the communication to flow a little easier. It allows the communication to flow a little better. So. Acknowledge who a person is really know who that person is. So it cuts through the red tape and you have a full understanding of when you're addressing them or when you're having discussion or when you're having conflict or when y'all are benefiting from each other, you have a clear understanding of where they stand, where they come from and understand that the situation doesn't make the person, the person makes the situation in that situation. Okay. So the next thing is know where you agree. Now, this, an agreement in a relationship supersedes what people believe. And what I mean by that is you believe one thing as an independent individual. But once you join a relationship and y'all make agreements to honor a different portion or honor some things in life, you offset the individual goals or the individual beliefs and join the group To uplift the group's beliefs or uplift the group standards or uplift the relationship over the individual. And that's why we join relationships, because as individuals, we have a clear understanding of who we are. We have a clear understanding of what we want. We have a clear understanding of what, you know, what we need. And now we're ready to share that with other people. And when we're ready to share that with other people, first thing you have to do to be in an accountable relationship is come to agreements That's going to allow the relationship to flourish without a strong agreement and without strong agreements within the relationship. You can't hold people accountable and you can't take account of your relationship because without destruction, without the organization, everything is just in the moment and everything is just going with the flow. You need something to or the fact that the individual is going to feel restricted within the relationship. That's why we have agreements together. Now, in formulating these agreements, you have to be honest about what you can sustain and what you can't. Don't get caught up in the early butterflies or the early connection of the relationship. Look at a relationship every time you introduce or meet somebody and you really come in contact with somebody and they can possibly be somebody you look at long-term. You need to address it in a long-term way. Caring about who a person is and caring about a relationship and building relationships is all about making long-term plans, making long-term agreements that you can honor, not just in the moment, but for a lifetime, and that are going to govern your relationship. So what would be examples of having long-term agreements? A long-term agreement, you come in, you say, as humans, we make mistakes, but One thing we are going to do is make sure that we communicate when we do anything that's that acts against the relationship. We don't wait. We don't let it fester. We step up. We walk up to somebody and we communicate. Now, when you sit down across from somebody and y'all have that agreement, that's the agreement in place. What happens after that? And how you address a discussion after that can also be an agreement. The number one thing you need to honor no matter what is not sitting in a room wondering what you're going to do. The agreement already dictated what you should do anytime you made a mistake or acted against the relationship. You should address the issue. You should have the discussion. Because in the agreement, we said we will be open and honest and we will be straightforward about, any acts against the relationship. When, share your joys. Make sure that you wake up every day and you share, share your joys. So we might have an uh, agreement to make sure we're in contact every day. Make sure we text every morning, a good morning, or, how you doing, maybe a question to get, every, to get a discussion started in the morning. We don't live in the same house. We don't live in the same place. We don't live in the same state let's say that's the case, we decide we're going to now have a text thread that's going to allow us to keep in touch every single day. Now, it's easy to just say when you miss a day to justify it and say, well, you know, the day got away from me. It is what it is. Don't be so rigid. Don't be so rule regimented. Or we can be accountable and say, I missed that day. I, I apologize. I make sure it won't happen again. Our habits and our consistency and our stability is what allows us to be comfortable in our relationships. The first time a person doesn't text or first time the person doesn't call, first time the person doesn't contact us, we're going to feel a little overwhelmed because we're going to think something happened to them. We're going to think because they went off off the, off script. They went outside of their consistent day-to-day Agreement. When you have that agreement, you have to make sure that you're consistent and make it a priority. Now, prioritizing relationships is what the agreement is all about. The agreement is to assure that you prioritize your relationship. The agreement is to allow a person to see how a person believes love is transferred from one person to the next. So I might like, you know, I do like a good conversation, getting to know a person. Having a clear understanding. Another person might like a gift or another person might like, you know, to go out and we're going to have that agreement. So in the case of me, let's say I'm a person that wants to sit down and have dialogue and really get to know a person. And every day I want to, you know, have a dialogue. So I'll probably be one of the people that want to text a question a day. And have the dialogue throughout the day because we all get busy we all have a lot on our plate so if there's a question there that needs to be answered we'll answer the question ask a follow-up question and then we can just have a thread of where we're having a discussion as we're going through our day that's the benefit and the bonus of texting i i have a person like that they agree to that We, we we have that dialogue this person likes to go out now i'm with this person that likes to go out so we promise every Thursday and every Sunday, we go out. We make sure that we're consistently going out. Whether it's a friend, whether it's a partner, we agree to that. So going into any relationship or meeting anybody new or even living the day-to-day, we know Sundays and Thursdays is off limits. You know that you have an obligation or to prioritize somebody based on your agreement it's not irrational it's not difficult it's something that allows that relationship to flourish as an individual you can go out with whoever you want be around whoever you want do what you want but when you would decide to commit to a relationship and then honor agreements within that relationship now you're in a now you're accountable or you're responsible for somebody else so therefore you have to honor the agreements in place and I don't really want to use the word have to because, you know, when we look at have to, it becomes a must. No, you should want to because it does bring this person joy. It does allow this person to say this is this person loves me and prioritizes me. So without the agreement, how could you be accountable in your relationships? How could you take account of your relationships without having a clear understanding of what the person stands for, what you stand for and what the relationship means to you? one another and how you're going to structure the relationship where y'all make sure y'all make time for one another. Prioritizing each other is a big part of a accountable relationship. And it's a big part of having agreements. So you have to know how you agree. and You have to know what you agree with. You have to formulate agreements to actually allow a relationship to flourish. That's having an accountable relationship. If you're just moving, like allowing time to dictate what you do and don't do, allow, you know, people to dictate what you do and don't do. You just go with the flow all the time. Your relationship is going to take a hit because you're going to either be a person that is running thin because you're moving all over the place and going with the flow based on what's introduced, or you're going to be the person taken from the relationship because you want to do what you want to do when you want to do it. The person that is ready for a relationship is a person that's ready to actually commit to other people and ready to commit to agreements that honor the relationship and prioritize other people. So keep that in mind. If you're still a person that sees freedom as doing your own thing when you want, how you want, don't have kids. Don't commit to a spouse and don't build friendships because people are expecting you to prioritize them and people are expecting you. To have a clear understanding of where y'all gonna meet up, how y'all gonna meet up, where y'all gonna, you know, how y'all gonna show up in each other's life, how y'all gonna make plans together, what part of each other's life y'all gonna honor together. So be clear on that. If you're still thinking individualistic, you're not ready for relationship. Being in a relationship means you're ready to be interconnected and you're ready to take on a set of responsibilities and be responsible for other people. So be clear on that. It's not a, a job It's not a chore. It's a want that turn that can turn into certain needs that need to be met, but understand you're ready for it and you look forward to it. You roll up your sleeves and you're ready to go. So when being in an accountable relationship, just make sure that you understand that formulating agreements is a very important too. Um, Now, the last thing that we, you know, we'll we'll discuss or the last component of being maintain an accountable relationship is understand what you disagree with. Now, there are certain places we can coexist where we disagree. Faith is not one of them. You know how the relationship will be structured is not one of them. But, you know, the TV shows we like, that's one of them preferences. Now, we can have certain preferences that don't infringe on the overall core values of our relationships. What we want to eat, what we choose to watch on TV, you know, what we choose to, you know, the route we choose to take to work. Just 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 things that are our own personal. And when I say personal, it's our personal identity. It allows a person to understand what's unique about us or what's different. From us, to, from another person. A lot of people look at people and they say, "Oh, y'all act like y'all are alike, y'all similar, y'all don't, y'all can't do anything without each other." That is the motivation in a relationship to actually mimic each other, to actually have a clear understanding of who each other is, actually work on one accord, actually, you know, marry each other. But there are certain components, obviously, that separate us. Different colors. We like to eat different things. We like to watch different. TV shows we have different interests. One person might like to read, the other person might like sports. There is this so many things that are different that make us unique. What do we disagree with? And people typically aren't honest about the fact that they do disagree, but if you don't enjoy doing it, you don't agree with it. Right? If you enjoy doing it, you agree with it. So You and your friends might like to travel. Your spouse might not like to travel. So they travel with you once or twice a year. You know, in my case, I'm not a a traveler. I like traveling through people. So I like having different discussions. But I don't believe that you should be getting away and traveling and looking forward to leaving your life on a regular basis. But traveling can be or a change of scenery can be healthy. So I actually agree with traveling. But I don't agree with excessive travel, right? But my partner might like to travel, so we have that discussion, and we see that it's a something we disagree with or we disagree on. But we come to understanding, meaning we never say compromise because it means you're losing something. So we come to agreement. I'm now going to say, you know, I'll travel with you once or twice a year, or I travel with you twice a year. Give it a, a finite number, and With the other three times you want to go away, you know, you go with your friends, you know, you have friends to offset what I don't like because me and you are not going to have all the same things in common, but that's why you have other people who fill that role. So you feel fulfilled There's not one person, no one person can fulfill. So when you think, oh, I'm going to, this person fulfills me, this person's all I need, that's not the truth. There's no one person will be all you need. That's why it's called having a group. That's why I love is a group journey, because you should have people in your life that take the strain off of other people to accommodate the things that they are not interested in or they dislike. So when you have disagreements, be clear on what you disagree with, politics. You know, you might watch a TV show together. You're having a discussion. You believe that, this woman drove this man to cheat. The, the, the other spouse says, how does a person drive you to cheat this person and communicate effectively, whatever. Don't be scared of conflict. You know, have that discussion. You might find out who a person is and what a person believes in, or you might be able to clear up something where you can actually come to agreement. Now, the whole point in disagreeing is to come to an agreement. But the whole point is, you have to first acknowledge what you disagree with. So understand why two people disagree. Understand why you disagree with this person. But don't be afraid to disagree with the person. Have the dialogue, have the discussion. Taking account of your relationship is not just the good things and what we agree with. It's also talking about what we don't agree with, what we disagree with. And don't agree to disagree, but have a clear understanding that this the fact that we don't agree in these preferences don't affect our relationship. So therefore you come to agreement to understand and accept the fact that this person thinks this way and you think this way and you don't feel like it's going to overall infringe on your relationship. Because there are certain degree disagreements that infringe on a relationship, like faith. You know, you can't honor... Two people can have separate faiths and coexist. But when you now go into this crossroads of you know whether this person believes in this situation yeah you know maybe this person's a Christian this person's Islamic and this person believes you know you should you know Jesus was uh, not to get all into religion but you know Jesus is God's son this person believes Jesus is a prophet when you have that argument through the course of life, a lot of people say your religion is personal. No, your religion attaches you to people who move instruction, have a clear understanding the way you have it. Doesn't mean y'all are the same people, but y'all believe the same. And when you believe the same, it is a clearer understanding of where you approach, where you're gonna start your family, how you're gonna live in your life, how you're gonna live with your friend. It is a I can now support you in a way where I have a clear understanding because we believe the same thing. We have a similar foundation. So the fact that this person just sees Jesus as a prophet, they're not going to honor the word of Jesus like the person that believes Jesus is the Son of God. You know, so that's gonna be a an internal conflict, a spiritual conflict. And though you coexist it, your spiritual components aren't tied to one another. So that's a disagreement that may ultimately offset the relationship. It's not something that you can just sweep under the rug or you can find a way to agree on because it's embedded in you and it's something that you fully believe in. So, yeah, you would probably be in a better place. And if you're taking full account with somebody who believes in that structure or believes in that faith. So when it comes to preferences. Understand disagreement and staying in those agreeing to stay in those, you know, difference in preferences is okay. But when it's how to raise your child or how we're going to, you know, go about where we're going to move anything that's going to be structured in a day to day, long term. Structure where we're moving, where jobs we're going to like anything that's going to affect your life on a regular basis, that it's going to be harder to disagree So you can't just live in a disagreement in that because it doesn't allow two people to come come closer together. It keeps two people parallel, and they never cross. Versus preferences, you can coexist and and cross paths, and you have other people who allow them persons to, or them people to, you know, explore those preferences without affecting your overall relationship. So... When you're living in accountable relationships, the most important component before entering anything is have a full sense of self, have a have self-awareness, meaning that you have a clear understanding of your boundaries. You have a clear understanding of the things that you will not change, which is your strengths or things you believe are strengths and things that you will be willing to adjust to merge with somebody else, which would probably be the things that you know are the strongest about you. Because you never want to forfeit your strengths because it's not a person bringing the best out of you, but you also want to strengthen your weaknesses. So you know that you're going to be connecting to somebody who is probably strong where you're weak and you admire them for that strength. You know, because we get caught up in, in envying a person because we feel like they're dictating or they're forcing us to do things or we fall into that victim mentality. But in reality, we decided to be in relationships with them because we admire them, their strengths. We admire the fact that they are strong and we are weak. So, the first thing in a relationship, I would say, in an accountable relationship and maintaining an accountable relationship, is fully understand who you are. Fully understand who you are and what you want out of a relationship. So, that's the first component. Second component of maintaining a relationship is fully understand who you're entering relationships with. Understand their strengths and weaknesses. Understand what they believe. Understand their preferences. Study them. Just like they should study you. Because in reverse, obviously, if they know you, you know them, you flourish a lot better. you have an accountable relationship. You're able to maintain an accountable relationship because you have a full sense of who each other is. So that's one of the components. Fully understand and study who this person is. The Third component of being in an accountable relationship is, or maintaining an accountable relationship, is honor agreements. Come to agreements. Don't start your relationships off dealing just in emotion. Start your relationship or dealing in ego. Start your relationship off with having guidelines, discussions about how you see your relationship going long term. Talk about your long term plans. Talk about what you ultimately want. When you sit down with a person, for the first date Don't be afraid to talk about The fact that you At some point Want to be back Don't stop Don't talk don't, don't Don't um Stop yourself From talking about Serious Deep discussions On the first date Small talk Gets you butt so far Small talk Gets you butt so much Information about a person Small talk Doesn't allow you To formulate strong agreements So What allows you To formulate strong agreements Is when you Encounter somebody have discussions about long-term plans. Have discussions about what you want ultimately and see if that person or those people can fulfill that or they want similar things. And that will allow you to now work towards those things on a long-term basis that gives you purpose. So don't look at agreements as restrictive. Look at them as purpose. Look at them as things that allow you to flourish. And the thing and fourth and final way to stay in and maintain an accountable relationship is understanding where you disagree. Don't be comfortable with disagreeing in long term that's in long-term factors. Things that are going to affect your relationship on a long term basis. When you share the same don't share the same faith like I mentioned earlier, you have an understanding that you can not coexist, but you'll never be as close as somebody who shares the same faith. When you decide, you know, long term, you don't, you want to move from where you're at, but you're with somebody who wants to stay where they're at. You cannot be in a relationship with somebody because you're always going to want to move and they're always going to want to stay. Don't join relationships where you disagree with found, the, the fundamentals of who you are, the foundation of who you are, foundations of what you want, but you can't disagree on preferences I mentioned before, you don't agree with watching the same TV shows, you don't agree with eating the same food, you don't agree, it doesn't agree with you, or you don't agree with it. Point is, you can coexist with not agreeing on preferences at all times. So look at your relationships and understand what you disagree with wholeheartedly that's going to fundamentally hurt your relationship or the things you disagree with that are going to still allow your relationship to flourish, but it's, a, it's an individual choice or it's an individual activity or it's an individual thing. It's not going to really affect you because it allows a person to maintain their identity within the overall structure of the relationship. So when really dealing in accountable relationships and maintaining accountable relationships and having, you know, accountable relationships as a whole, you always want to look at these four components, these four components of maintaining an accountable relationship. If you can check these four components off, you definitely are going to maintain your relationships. You're going to maintain an accountable relationship. Why? Because if you know who you are, you know who they are, you have strong agreements, you understand what you disagree with, you're unafraid to have conflict, you're unafraid to have discussions, you're unafraid to on a regular basis, prioritize your relationship. And that's the main focus. Being accountable relationships means you take an account of your relationship, meaning you're prioritizing your relationship. So remember, in maintaining your relationships and in maintaining accountable relationships, make sure you are prioritizing relationships. Check these boxes. Know who you are. Know who they are. Come to agreements. And understand where you disagree so you can ultimately come to agreement. Alright? This is another Accountable Love Podcast. My name is Izzy, and I hope you enjoy it. If you are sitting back wondering what is missing in your relationship, start the discussion. Don't try to identify what is missing alone. Being accountable in relationships means that you let people in to your thoughts, your ideas, your emotional well-being, and understand that they are there to support you, and you are there to support them. All right, enjoy it.